podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Courtside Fracker. I'm joined this morning by Western Conference champion. I mean, I say it like you played. You didn't even play. Um, I'm joined this morning by... Uh, Golden State Warriors fan, Nii. How's it going, Nii? Yeah, it's going well, man. I mean, like, these late starts are kind of crazy. But, you know, it's not too bad when you follow your team. Your team's winning all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you, you didn't make the play-ins. You, you lost the play-ins last year, innit? Yeah, but that's last year, man. I'm talking about now. No, no, no. I'm not even trying to... You know me? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't support anybody, so I don't... Yeah, I don't particularly... I don't particularly care. I'm thinking about... Um, the point you made about when your team's winning. I'm trying to think back in my mind how how long that actually goes. Um, so, yeah, if you, if you didn't know already, um, the Golden State Warriors have vanquished the Dallas Mavericks in five games. They won tonight um, 120 to 110. Um, so you're back in the finals, six, six finals in eight years. Um, before we get into the legacy talk and looking ahead to who you might potentially play, let, let's just go through our our bits and pieces. So give us a quick game overview to start in the year. Yeah, cool. So um, game started, same starting five for the Warriors. Um, and I feel like we just came out with more intensity and like a more effort in this game. I think in the previous game, game four, I mean, I'm your 3-0 up. It's really hard to like sweep a team in the finals. Like um, a team that gets to the Western Conference finals, um, they're going to have a bit of pride about it. They're going to have some quality. So that's a super team. Mm. It's pretty difficult. So, like, you always expect them to come out and play extra hard in one of those games, either game three or game four, and it happened in game four. Um, and they were shooting well. They came with a lot of intensity. You know, defensively, they played well as well. Um, and then game five, we're back home. And, yeah, I think we I think we both came out with the same amount of energy, which that like, always plays a factor when you first start the game. Um, I think Maz got, like, a really early lead in the last game. And then, like, you're kind of, like, treading water and trying to, fight your way back the whole game was at this game. We both started off in like a pre-equal footing. Um, and I think the main difference here is that defensively, we're just a much better team. We're able to get stops and put stops together. I think the Maz offensively and Warriors, um, similar output in the sense of like, um, like when Luka gets going or Dinwiddie, you know, and Brunson, yeah. etc. we can always like trade buckets. But I think the main difference between the two teams in the series was just like defensively. And the Mavs just really struggled getting a lot of stops and putting stops together, um, which is always going to be a problem when you um, get to like, the deeper stages of the playoffs, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, so like we we came out well. Steph tweaked his ankle early. Really? Wow. Quarter, yeah. And then like, he kind of went into like his um, like Chris Paul bag of being like, a floor general, but obviously much more successful in this instance. Um, <laughs> sure, um, I mean, you can, you can get off... You're the winner to the, to the victor, the spoiled. <laughs> so you can say whatever you like right now. Yeah, go for some Chris Paul slander in there, of course. Um, it should have been him here, but you know he didn't make it as far, so it is what it is. Yeah, um, yeah and then like, from there on out, like and Clay had a great game. Um, like Wiggins and Looney continued to like play at their maximum, played the absolute limit, and like Clay had his best game this series by far. Um, shot a lot better. His defense was. Um, was good as well. He wasn't like really being picked on in defense, and when he was, yeah, you mentioned um, kind of holding his own. Yeah, you mentioned the other day that um, as the season's gone on, his his defense has slowly 
picked up obviously pre Achilles, yeah. pre ACL. He was had a reputation as a as a good um, defender. You guys tended to put him on the other team's primary mm-hmm. wing scorer. Yeah, he was. Um, so, 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 what's the journey been like from when he came back? And I guess he was just getting cooked. He was a good dude. Now he's cooked food. Yeah. Um, to now, where it seems like he's able to c- compete a little bit better. Yeah, for sure. So, I think what first series we played. Who did we play? We played Denver. The Nuggets. Yeah, like the Nuggets. I mean, like there's. There's not too much there um, outside of your pitch. Maybe like Aaron Gordon um, every so often. But I mean, there wasn't much of a challenge there in the sense of like offensively, they just didn't have the weapons they usually would have. Yeah. So I'm not going to go into that. But that there were um, the Memphis series, he definitely struggled um, because they, they got a really good team, probably the quickest team in the league. They got a lot of athleticism. Um, and like, you can see when like, when Jar was going at him um, and like, just other players in general, he was really struggling to stay in front of them. Yeah. So that on clay before he would be like a main perimeter guy, and that yeah. he would like try and lock up or like you know like normally play defense on like their best offensive option, yeah, on the perimeter most of the time. Um, and he just wasn't able to do that in the last series. Um, I think what he was able to do towards the end of that series was um, like challenge a lot better like the wing players, so, like the threes and the fours, because obviously he's got like that size, yeah, um, and he's like he's still got enough in his legs to um. You know, like unbody up those players and that like, stay in front of yeah. them. So maybe the the, the, the the small guards and the more like agile yeah. guys are a bit too nimble for him at this point. Yeah. But your bigger kind of yeah guys who are closer to his size, maybe a little bit better, he can challenge him. And to, to be fair, saying all that at the end of game one against Memphis, he did have that good defensive play against Jar. Yeah. So, like, so you know where where he's lost bits. his agility, lost maybe a bit of foot speed. Um, he tries to make up with it with you know understanding game awareness. Um, so yeah, so how how has this defense shown itself in, in this series? Yeah, so like you, like you just see like the progression because there are a few. There's been a few instances in this series, especially in I think maybe like game three or four, maybe mm. game three, where like, um Jalen Brunson was um like he was playing really good defense against Brunson. He's obviously yeah. a guard. Um, he's not the quickest guard in the league. It's a pretty he's pretty slow footed, but he's got really good footwork. But um, yeah, like Clay did really well to stay in front of him. I think, I think Brunson's pretty rapid. You think so? Yeah, I think he's rapid when he gets going. Do you not? I, I don't think he's like what, it, but compared to other guards in this league now, like he's not the quickest. He, he ain't guy. no job, but nobody's yeah. a job. I think he's, I think he's quite quick. Um, but yeah, anyway, he, continue. So I, I kind of jumped in on your your game overview. So you know, no, no, it's calm. It's a good point you made. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, you could just see like his steady progression. Um, that he's able to like guard some guards and play now with efficiency and like do well. And at least if he can't like get a block or like total stop on them, he'll like at least force them into the help defense. Um yeah. which is all part of playing defense because obviously when you've got someone like Draymond there to clean up or Looney, um yeah, it, it just makes it a lot easier for your team to defend, especially the point of attack defense. Um so yeah, I, I've seen that steady progression. I think something else I've seen from him offensively is that even in the, the last game um against the Mavs, um there's a lot of instances where Kay does his thing where he feels like he has to shoot the ball. Like, there's times where he gets the ball and I know, like, there's no way he's passing this ball. They like, can kind of see in his eyes and his movement. He's, he's definitely chucking it up. And um, it gets frustrating sometimes because there's plays where, like, if he made an extra pass to the corner, you have someone like Jordan Poole that's open. Yeah. Um, and he did that in game three. And he did it yesterday as well, where he made an extra pass, Jordan Poole in the corner, and that kind of closes the game sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I'm just really happy to see that from him. 
I think now that he's getting back into his groove, um, into rhythm with the team, that you can see in that both ends of the floor, it's slowly coming back. Mm. So, would you say, obviously, he's not he's not going to be the the pre-injury clay ever again? No. And you guys have kind of got um, this emergence of Jordan Poole, Poole Party, mm. third splash brother, splash cousin, don't even know what you guys are calling him at the moment. They always say the hardest thing to 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 manage is a a superstar. Well, I wouldn't call Claire a superstar, but a star on the decline yep. because in their head they're still a star, but their actual play doesn't necessarily justify it. How has he adjusted to the emergence of of Paul? Do you think? Um, so I think when Clay first came into the team, it kind of affected not only Paul but Wiggins as well because I'm mm. obviously. Like your touches of the pool, and then you're trying to find um, Clay on with the ball so he can like get back into rhythm. So I think for maybe like 20, 30 games of back in the last season, um, it was a bit turbulent. Like he had some great games um, against the Lakers, namely, and maybe against the Clippers as well. But I mean, apart from that, like it did look like a struggle in offense sometimes, and like people were thinking that maybe like Paul and Clay kind of hate each other and whatnot. But it takes time to figure these things out, especially in our sort of system. Where there's so much ball movement and like, really react, the ball. yeah, yeah. Um, when Clay is not like reading because he just wants to get his shot, regardless, like it doesn't always work. Um, yeah. that's not about pool, that's about Clay just needing to yeah. use that thing, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> so, um, I hear you, I hear you. Um, so you guys, you basically led the whole way through, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So, to be honest with you, I, I, it was gonna be a gentleman's sweep, wasn't it? Like, we'll give you one just out of courtesy. Yeah, like if we needed to sweep you, like we would have swept you. Um, who was your man of the match? Man of the match is gonna be Clay. So that do not is that kind of similar to the closeout game we had against um Memphis was that the three main guys that stood out for me um was Clay Wiggins um and Looney. Like Looney again was like a beast on the balls offensively as well. He's earning um, himself some money this yeah, for sure, boy. man. Like he was like, getting so many second like second chance points, especially in the perimeter, like to name a few, I think Clay, Paul and Wiggins all benefited from that in this game alone. Um, mm. And that, that counts for a lot. And obviously his defense and now he's starting to get buckets as well. That he, yeah. He's pretty slow, but his footwork is good. Um, <laughs> yeah. It'd be interesting to see how, um, um, how useful and how good he is in a series against potentially the Celtics that actually have a genuinely good that center like that can actually defend. Front, be front guys to match up with Al Horford, yeah, uh, Rob yeah. Williams. It'll be it'll be interesting to see that for sure. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're the kind of they've kind of been a standard in the league in terms of um of, of that front court play, and you're for sure two, yeah. two great defenses potentially going up against each other. We won't count our um chickens before they hatch, as they as they say. Um, who who won the coaching battle, if anybody? Or do you think that you just have too much talent for them? Or was there anything that you saw from Steve Kerr that you think took the game away from uh, the Mavs tonight? Yeah, so that, I think we're probably going to get into it later about the legacy talk. But if you look at Steve Kerr from, from last year, where we were all talking about how his offense and his his system was maybe um, overcomplicated and it, it wasn't beneficial for the players and the talent that he had at the time last year. As you can see, we struggled and uh, players like Uber and even like Wiggins and even Jordan Poole at times, they really struggled to understand the system and get into it properly, um, defensively and offensively. Um, and then there were some people who were saying that, no, we should stick with this system because it, it's got us so far and that we've won three championships of it. 
I think mm. this year from Steve Kerr in this series in particular and previous series, we've seen him like I think we've seen like a happy medium between the both, um, where Steve mm. Kerr has made really good adjustments throughout the games. Um, we've played more zone defense in this playoffs run alone than we probably have throughout the other ones combined. Um, that he's really like mixed and matched things, um, zone defense. I think in this game as well, um, we did a really good job of like blitzing the ball handler. Um, on certain occasions, we throw like mm. double, triple teams at them, and then we mix it up and then throw zone, and then we go like man defense. And like when someone at the mass is like a heliocentric offense that they do, where like a ball handler dribble, dribble, dribbles for like 20 seconds of the shot clock, um, and then they've got to make a decision, like it kind of wears on them when you've got different coverages being thrown at you. Like it's of not particular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody yeah. like Luca, really any high kind of top five, top ten player, you throw the same defense at them, they're eventually gonna get it. They're gonna yeah. eventually find a way to kind of adjust mm. to it. So what you're really doing is trying to continue to show them different looks which yeah. they can't really get their heads around. And um, but that speaks to the quality of your defenders as well to be able to have that intelligence to does, let's split yes. same, let's box and one, let's go mm. zone, let's go man. Um, and you have guys like Andrew Wiggins, who you can put on him one on one, and he can make Great, things yeah. um, difficult fit for him. And while he's kind of put up his counting stats, I think um, the percentages haven't necessarily been what you typically expect of Luca. And again, tonight, tonight it wasn't. It was like thirty-five percent um, from the field uh, for Luca. Yeah, well, he, was when he, he did that thing where he that like, step pass was in the, the game, but yeah, did he? Ah, he get a little bit of that, a little. You love to see it. Um, what was your play of the game? Player of the game, um, it wasn't like one game in particular, it wasn't one play in particular, but probably like Draymond hitting a free from the corner, which mm. I haven't seen in years. And then he, had a, he I think he, he had a, float, a float of this game as well. And I was like, boy, like this guy's taking him back to 2015. Um, it's just like great to see that from him because obviously he's a bit of a he's a bit of an obstacle on offense in terms. Um, but yeah, like when he gets aggressive, 15 points in that, um, it just makes our offense like so much more fluid. Mm. Um, so when yeah, you're like, scoring threat, you're kind of unstoppable. Yeah, you're like, kind I mean, of we, unstoppable. Practically, because I was reading the stat like last year, it's probably still relevant now. Was like when he gets eight or more points, you got like an eight percent win percentage. Eight, and, like, you know, bro, like, imagine that. You're gonna give us eight points. I'm good, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that. That's scary, and it's like you you see him in so much because people just give him all the space in the world. Yeah. You see him get the ball in the paint, and even if he could develop just a 10, 15 foot float away, yeah. he just push it in over. It a lot. Yeah, that would open up a lot. Now he gets it, and he's looking to do a dribble handoff, or he's looking for Steph, or he's trying to pass it to somebody where there's nobody near him, and th- those guys who are bigger scoring threats have got more eyes on them. So yeah. when he's actually there, and he's actually making teams have to defend him, honestly, that that makes even more space available. Then you start talking about Steph and all that gravity mm-hmm. that you guys love to mention, yeah. and then you're you're you're, you're running a ruckus. It's, yeah, it's a it's a madhouse. Um, what was your blunder of the game? I didn't really have one this game, you know. Like, like the Mavs, like I didn't really want to get onto anyone or the Mavs in particular because um, I think they did well to even get this far. To be honest, I don't think anyone had them get into the Western Conference Finals. So, like, yeah, like, like fair play to them, I guess. So, are you saying thanks for coming, boys? Yeah, 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 sort of thing. Yeah, thanks for coming. Um, I think them and Memphis will definitely be um, on the rise in the coming future. But um, like, I guess for now, the Warriors, the Warriors got it for this year. We'll see you next year, innit? <laughs> okay, okay. And finally, who are the lights too bright for? Um, I mean, if you look at, well, I guess you would say Luca had a pretty poor 
shooting that. But obviously the lights aren't too bright for him. Mm. Um, that's just my definition because we've seen him hit big shots. He's like one of the best players in the league. But um, yeah, he, doesn't, he didn't have a great night tonight on either end of the floor. Um, and it's mm. something I've been, like, been talking about the whole series, really. Um, if he wants to win a championship, he's going to have to play better defence. He's going to have to engage a bit on both ends. I think on nights when he doesn't get the calls, um, he spends too much time complaining. It gets into his head. It takes him out of rhythm. Um, and yeah, like it just doesn't help him or his team. So unless he wants a career like Harden, where he's all about the stats and like um, and like the um, individual trophies, if he wants a championship, he's going to have to like, take the next level up. Okay, so he's a what, top five, top seven player in the league yeah. right now, would yeah. you agree? Um, yeah. what, what's the next level up look like to you? Um, it's just playing better defense, like like just be engaged, even like um, like just make yourself that like, more useful. Like there's, like there's times where he, he wasn't even boxing out in game three and, um and like, game two, um and like doing that like, simple things like even like you know keeping up with them man or getting back on defense, putting half the time complaining to the ref and other side of the court. Um, you just can't really afford to give up those like stupid points in the playoffs. So yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, listen, you had. Um, big minutes from Nemanja Bajelika, Moses Moody. Yeah, yeah Moses Moody. Well. Like, you, you guys went deep with your bench. Um, and I guess where we're moving on to talk about your legacy, to me, what, what you've been able to do um, is continue to, well, now all your guys are back, continue to win and now you're in the NBA Finals. But you've developed, you're developing your young players, you're developing your next generation. And you don't see that, you know, in the NBA, nah. it, it's... Boom, then bust, and you build again. Mm. Boom, then bust. Boom, yeah. then bust. But it seems like you you've been able to somehow almost start to prep your next generation while still being able to contend. So let's first talk about the legacy of this team. So when you talk about the legacy of this team, you talk about Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, that trio, mm. all drafted by the Warriors. This is your sixth Finals berth in the last eight years. Uh, saw a statistic: you've gone above Kobe, Derek. Um, Fisher and Shaq in terms of trios winning playoff games. Okay, yeah. 21 now, just behind um, the Spurs, Duncan, uh, Ginobili and Parker. Um, Steph has won the Magic Johnson Western Conference um, <laughs> Western Conference MVP. First ever winner. Magic shouted him out as, as he does. But um, I just wanted to talk about the legacy of, of, of those three. Um, and of this team, and of, of Coach Kerr as well, who obviously went down in, in, in the awards as one of the top 15 coaches ever. But what's this experience been like, being a, being a Warriors fan? You've had kind of three iterations of this team, really. You had the kind of, the, the really deep team. You had guys like Leandro Barbosta, Festo Brazili. Yeah. yeah, and you could, you could, you were rolling out 10 guys deep into the playoffs. Then you had the team with KD where it was easy. And now yeah. you have this, this team, so, so what's the journey been like and what, what's the legacy of this team to you? Um, like the legacy, like if it, it, it kind of starts with Steve Kerr um, when he comes in. I mean, he kind of... All right, no, no shout out like for Mark Jackson. Jackson. Mark Jackson, But But obviously, like, um, just like on the legacy and dynasty stuff, um, he really has to pick up when Steve Kerr comes in. Um, and if we look at the Spurs, and um, obviously he was under Greg Popovich as a player and coach, like you kind mm. of see um, the like, similarities between the dynasties that they've kind of built um, in that he's kind of like bled the team. And like, I think what you need to do to like, maintain like, your relevancy at the top is to always be ready to like, adapt and change. And I think maybe last year we start to see Steve Kerr 
like adapt and change a lot more. Um, he, he took on a lot. So like even like play development, the Warriors in general, um, it's been a lot better in recent years. If you go back to 2015, that's obviously a really good team, a really deep team um, where we had the, like, I think, well, we drafted well in Clay, Steph and Dre. And then we kind of got a bit lucky in that we gave um, like Steph quite a light contract because of all his ankle problems. And like that kind of played into us getting KD in the second phase. But the first phase was very much like strength and numbers. Second phase was like KD. Um, and I think something that we didn't do well was player development in that phase or we didn't really draft well. But that's kind of like swept under the rug because um, you, you, like you're winning championships and like no one really cares about that. But then when you got to like the season where we got like 10 wins or whatever it was where Steph broke his hand and you get to last season where you can't quite make the playoffs, um, that's when like you start to see um, on, like the fruits of your labour sort of thing. So that like, you can see that we, where you didn't draft well, you can see where you made mistakes. Um, and a lot of people were questioning the front office um, in their drafting. Um, they thought they weren't aggressive enough in trying to get another superstar. Um, a lot of people questioned player development. Um, Jordan Poole, for instance, Wiseman, et cetera, et cetera. And then drafting as well. We had a few busts um, in like, the last few years, even like our deeper round picks in the 30s and 40s were normally quite useful. It didn't really prove to be the case in the last two or three years. Um, mm. But you can see how all of that has improved suddenly. And that has come together to be, like, sort of produce this team now where we're in the middle of like, Steph and Clay and Drake kind of handing over the reins into the younger guys. You can see that starting with Jordan Poole. He's like gotten to a level now where um, you can see maybe like two or three years, he might be like an elite guard in the league. Um, yeah. And then you've got players like Moody. Um, he looks like he can be like a really good free and D guy, kind of in the mold of like Danny Green would be like his comp. Um, and then you've got someone like Kaminga, um, who in like best case scenario, if we're, if we're really lucky and he really develops well, can be like your sort of Kawhi. Um, but he's like a really exciting prospect. Um, so yeah, like that's like the foundations of us like moving forward. But for now, um, yeah, it's been really interesting to see how Steve Kerr has grown with his team. Um, and like, you can kind of see in our demeanor, um, like the way we played back in the day, it was very mm-hmm. much like gone home, um, like bucket for bucket. Um, they've messed around with the ball a lot more as well because they're a bit more blase. They have a lot of confidence yeah. in themselves, like the way they move with their swagger. They yeah. kind of thought they would get back and beat any team, even if they yeah, get with the freeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like they the by the free. Yeah. Whereas like now they're getting older, they're getting a bit creakier. Like you can see now that like they kind of pick and choose their moments now. Like they're not as um like streetwise and whatnot. And it was funny watching like, like it's funny playing Memphis last series. How um like they're kind of reminding the younger warriors um where it's like quite cocky, probably a bit more cocky um, than most teams, but like um yeah, the Warriors are very much like a vet team now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Steph's 34, Clay's yeah. 32, Draymond's 32. Um, so that so they're kind of elder statesmen, they've all been in the league for at least a, a decade each at this point. Um, so you're really just playing with house money, legacies are kind of mm-hmm. um written, and yeah, you're just really running up the score. So, to honing in on Steph, I guess, um, see, it's, it goes without saying, constantly mentioned your, your free championship so far. He hasn't won a finals MVP. Um, yeah. He's won the Western Conference MVP. <laughs> Some people talk about Andrew Wiggins. We're not getting into that in this pod. Um, but for you, what, what do you think a fourth title and, and potentially a finals MVP does for, does for his legacy? Um, I think that would probably cement him in top 15. 
I know a lot of people on Twitter were talking about him being top 10. Um, I don't really yeah. know enough about basketball history to say that. But from yeah. what I know, I wouldn't put him in my top 10 now. Um, mm. But, I mean, if he wins a fourth chip as like, the main guy um, on mm. the team um, and gets it like a finals MVP, he's got two MVPs, one unanimous. Like, I mean, his resume is up there with anyone that's in the top 15, maybe even top 10. But I let people that know more like, debate that, to be honest with you. But... Um, yeah, like it's like we now will, we will, don't you worry. Huh? <laughs> I said we will, don't you worry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, and I guess we can look ahead to the finals and your, your potential opponents. Um, listen, let's be frank, ma'am, you're absolutely battered. Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler's injured, Kawhi's coming back from injury, Tyler Hero missed the last game. Um, they don't have enough scoring. Um and it will take for me a pretty catastrophic choke job in these next two opportunities that they have for the yeah. Celtics not to be the team that you are going to face in the finals. Um, what are your thoughts about a potential matchup with the Celtics, who, for all intents and purposes, have been the best team in the league um, metrics-wise since um, the start of the year? Um, That's in 2022. It will be deserved. It'll be an interesting matchup. Um, I'm not too sure how we get away with the Draymond not being a friend offense thing with their defensive capability. Um, yeah, if they double off on Steph, I mean, like, even if they're throwing at the single coverage, they've got the bodies to, like, make his life really difficult. But to double him will just make things really long for us. Um, but, yeah, it would be, like, really interesting potentially. And I remember telling Yas two years ago when he was, like, really downbeat with Kembo and the team in like, the bubble series. I said yeah. to him, like, you guys just need to chill. Like the next two years, because I reckon, I reckon your players like Tatum will get to that level where he's able to lead a team to a finals, and that like, here we are, like he's one game away now. Yeah, he's, he's only twenty four, so his best uh, touching wasn't barring any injuries. His best years are, are still ahead of him, so yeah. um, he he's looking. He, he for me, he's going to be the Eastern Conference MVP or being yeah. said and done. But he's ha- put together a hell of a run so far. Mm-hmm. Got Mano, our Mano with. Um, I won't even mention Kevin Durant because they swept the, the swept the Nets and Durant was a non-factor. But he went Mano El Mano with Yanis in the previous series uh, has done the same with Jimmy Butler even before his injury. Um, and there's again another one who's very much looking like a top ten certified. Like, give me my spot in the top ten. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting. They're they're big team, aren't they? They're big team. They're physical. Um, they can score. They've got ab- aggressive bucket getters. They've got guys who can go one on one defensively. Um, so it'll be interesting um, to watch that game. I don't know if Steve Kerr and Ime Doka played with each other um, at the Spurs. They both played for the Spurs. Both kind of come from Pop's coaching tree. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure if they played together. I think they may have. Not not 100 percent sure. Um, but yeah, a lot of different storylines going on there. But yeah, here here you have it. Um, our first 2022 NBA finalist, the, the Golden State Warriors. Like we said, you're not new to this. We're true to this. Um, congrats, Nii. Thank you, brother. I didn't think we'd be here, not going to lie to you. Beginning of the season, um, we started well, I guess, and like middle of the season, end of the season. I I didn't have us making um, the finals. I didn't even yeah, think what, we'd what do, you think, what do you think changed, or do you think it's kind of... Uh, or do you think the Suns were your favourites to come out and they just crumbled and that just opened up the bracket? What do you, I don't what think the Suns were my favourite. It was, it was like an equal sort of thing between like them and Memphis. I thought Memphis might get us. Um, and to be honest, if Memphis were healthy, uh, and they might have gotten us, to be fair. Um, but yeah, like 
I think what the Warriors just like did really well this year and that like, it showed through in moments was that like, they had that vet savviness of that like, we've been there before, like they can close out a game. Um if Memphis had a bit more of that, it might have been a different story. Um the first round we went up against the Nuggets. Nuggets are pretty depleted. They did well to make the playoffs to be to be honest with you. Um and then yeah, I expected I expected to see the Suns in the finals. I think they might have given us maybe a better series. I thought the Mavs would have taken us to seven, to be honest with you, with the way they were playing mm. previously. Because Suns and Warriors are kind of similar in the way that, in the way that they play and that the yeah. team makeups. The Mavs, their their shooters weren't unconscious in that series no, they against, weren't, no. against the, the Suns, and it wasn't sustainable. But I think the Suns would have struggled to keep up with your scoring. Um, you've got a bunch of guys who can get 20. You've got Paul yeah. can get 20. Steph can get 20. Clay can get 20. Wiggins in this setup looks like he can pretty much go for 20 as well. Um, and the Suns, they had to work hard for their buckets. Not really a lot of rim pressure, which I think is an absolute um, importance in the in the playoffs. If you're, yeah. you're shooting, is coming from, from mainly jumpers. Um, no matter how good of a shooter you are, your shooting's going to regress at, at some point. Mm-hmm. In the when you factor in the increased defensive intensity of the playoffs, you're making life hard for you. So the, the, the Suns didn't ever have anyone you could just get the ball to and they go to the bucket, get a layup, get a floater, get yeah. a dunk, get two free throws and just get to the line and put some points on the board. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it would have been a tough matchup for them. Um, so, yeah, I, I look forward to you guys potentially going against the Celtics. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good finals. I know Very people haven't been series, for sure. People haven't yeah. been so happy because these games tend to have been like blowouts, like, like very few close games in both both um in both conference finals. Um, but I think the finals potentially stacks up to be a, a really good product. So hopefully the Celtics do the job on their end. If they don't close it out tonight, um, they close it out over the weekend. Yeah, cool. All right, bro. Nice one, man. Peace. Yes. Podcast Network.